Okay. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, gentlemen, for helping me out there. Men are wonderful for lots of things, just saying. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here, and especially during the season, and I honestly didn't know I, I was scheduled to be here till like two days ago, and <laughs> And, uh, but I, I knew the word of the Lord was already in my spirit for, for a triumph for this season. So I'm so thrilled to be here. To all of our guests here, thank you for being here. You're at the right place at the right time with the right people. And your life is going to be so elevated today and this year. And so I, um, I'm going to share with you. A prophetic word, uh, it won't be like my normal, I'm more of an exegetical kind of uh, ministry where I take scripture and break it down for you little by little. I, uh, and I, I, I'm very revelatory. I love new things that God gives us, and I'm always wanting to share that. But that's not really going to be my style today because I have a, a real strong word in my spirit that's directional for us. How many of you ever need directions? I know most of the men in here don't ever ask. That's why, the, that's why they wandered in the, the, the Israelites wandered for 40 years. Because Moses wouldn't ask for directions. I'm just telling you. I understand that. My husband, no, we're not going to go there. Okay, don't have time for that. But I'm just telling you, even men need directions. And uh, God is going to give us some real clear directive words today, much of which I'm going to share with you. You already know, you've already been taught, you believe, but sometimes it has to be reactivated. You know, um, I, I don't know how you live without a smartphone. If you have a dumb phone, get a smart one because I, you need to know where you're going, what you're doing. And I... I live by this thing. I just found a new app that's called, uh, forgot the name of it, but uh, Maze or Waze or something, Waze, W-A-Z-E or something. And you're talking about, yeah, Waze. And it gets you through traffic in Houston and gets you around traffic. It's unbelievable. It's just awesome. But, you know, in finding, in finding my directions and and, and trying to maneuver through life, I've, and I find out that I'll turn down a wrong street, it immediately recalibrates for me. It immediately gets you back on a track, and you may have to go down another couple ways, but it gets you back on if you get off track. Well, do you know life has a way of getting us off track? Just a bit. And here's the whole deal about off track. You don't have to be off very much, just a little bit. But if you ever watched, if you just a little bit kept going off track, before you know it, you are way, way lost. That's it, lost. So I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is going to speak to us today. And if you'll just allow me, I've got my timing up here. I... Um, I, I'm going to do my best to do this as quickly as I can. And when we did it in Sugarland, we, we got an extra 10 minutes because of the, the, the kind of thing that's going to happen today for you. And so I'll try to cut that 10 minutes off and leave you with um, uh, the shorter version. But here's, here is what the Spirit of the Lord began to talk to us about back in October concerning triumph. 
that he, he said he was realigning and reassigning and repositioning and bringing parts and pieces together. For, and, here, and let me just tell you this. In the middle of all that, we found out the Spirit of the Lord is so clear to let us know that small things make a big difference. Just remember that. Small things make a big difference. And don't underestimate the small things, the small pieces that need to come into play. I mean, have you, have you ever tried to put something together? And all I did this week with Ikea furniture, dear Lord and Jesus, have mercy at me. And, and you're trying to put this stuff together. And it, uh, it's this big thing, and it, you can almost ready to sit down in the chair, but it falls on the ground. But it looks good. All the big places, one little thing was missing. Just one little thing was missing. And so I... I, uh, I know that God is bringing small things together. There's, there's some incredible things that we are seeing God doing during this season. So uh, this is what the Lord, word the Lord was saying to us back in October. And he, he, sp he spoke to our hearts and said that by the end of the year, he would begin to gather these parts in pieces. And on January 1, in January, he would hit the reset button. Now, you're a little bit behind. This is the last day of January, but we finally got here. Okay, so we're not too late. And here's the thing. God is hitting the reset button today, and we're going to come into agreement with him. So everybody in this house that needs a reset, that needs to hear fresh Get the past over clean. I don't know about you, but 2015 was a year from hell in a lot of ways. I'm telling you, it just was. I was so glad to see 16 come around. But um, I will share with you as we move forward of, of many of the things God has spoken to us in 15. And I'm going to share with you what this reset thing is all about. Now, this, uh, the, the other word that the Lord gave us was pay attention to details. Pay, pay close attention to details, and you will perceive the purposes of partnerships and divine connectors and connections. Sometimes you got to have a connector. Now, here's the deal. I was um, at our ranch, and I had this 12 or 15-foot tree in our, at our, in our big, in the great room, and I had put it together, worked myself crazy, been up on ladders, 12-foot ladders, and got it up. The lights were in place. It looked beautiful. The limbs were all pulled out. We got everything. We had even plugged it into the source. How many of you know you got to have the source? You got to be plugged into the source. And I had the electricity, but nothing happened. So I'm digging and looking and finding and trying to see. Finally, I found it's a weird kind of thing, but there's this little connection about like this that was missing. We found it over in the bottom of some stuff with my, with my ornaments, and there's the connector. We put the connector in, and Lord Jesus, the whole thing just went. Whew, it was light everywhere. It was gorgeous. One little connector. So God said, this would be, this will be the year of divine connectors and divine connections. 
So there may be somebody that may be the connector, but then there's going to be the connection as well. Are you with me? So this is a season for that, and we've already begun to see that. Actually, in the green room before church, God did something. There was a divine connector and a connection that I believe God's made in a big picture that I can't wait to tell you all about the end of the story later. It's still coming. Okay, so these are just a few of the things the Lord said. By the end of the year, the parts and pieces, alignments and assignments would be released in the heavenlies, even though we may not see them automatically at the beginning that would be released because heaven is connecting to earth. And he would hit the reset button. Well, I went back. I had this, uh, we were having uh, the end of the year, no, the first of the year, the first Saturday night of the year, we had our leaders and pastors, and um, I, I had this word in my spirit that Pastor and I had been praying over, and so I had already been to do something during the day, a funeral, and um, I came back, and our meeting started at 6, and it was about 5, so I thought, I, I don't want to go all the way back home, so I'm going to go over here. And I went over to the fountains close to our church, the shopping center, pulled up under a tree, and I sat there. And, and I don't want to be over-spiritual for anybody in here, but um, I, I had what I would call a, a real divine encounter with God. I won't tell you I had an out-of-body experience or anything woo way out there or anything, although those things happen, I know. But for me, it was just a connection. And it was like for I, I had my phone, so I was typing. I didn't even remember typing. I was just, the word of the Lord was downloading in my spirit. And so I will share that with you at the end of the message today because it will come together for you. You will see God put something together. But, but one of the things God continued to reiterate was the reset button. So when I got back to the church, I went immediately to my computer, got online, and I looked up reset. Now listen to what it means. It says to reset means to set again, to change the reading of as of a clock, usually back to zero. In other words, the time spent is not lost, but only restored, but better than restored or redeemed. For when you hit the reset button to zero, it's better than the original because now you have the experience plus the time. I will redeem the time. And you know, God's the only one can redeem time. We can redeem things. We can get jobs back. We can get stuff back. We can get new houses. We can get a car that messed up back. We can get things redeemed. But we can't redeem time. We can't get time back. Only God can do that. But for you sitting in this house today, God says he's hitting the reset button, and you're getting your time lost, plus you're getting all the experience that you've learned in it. That is a word. Hallelujah. I'm just, uh, I'm awesomely grateful for that word. I needed it. I don't know if you did, but I did. Okay. So I know Pastor Ryan's told you about Vav, the 2016 Hebraic, which of course means hook, connector, or it means a coming together. It, it's one, it's that thing that is the nail. Uh, it, it, it's, it's an incredible small tool. It's like an Allen wrench. If you see it, it's like an Allen wrench. And it hooks things, and it causes 
incredible big things to happen. And it can happen with small things. Just, just saying, now I don't have time to go into that, but just to throw out, this is going to be a lot of food for thought. Okay, now don't count any of that yet for my time. We're about to start right here. Y'all got it? Here we go. And so we're on B. Are we on B? Have we been B, the word? Not a bumblebee, but B. Okay, so today we're going to talk about let there be, all right? Write it in your notes. You need to put it, if you've got note pages, put it there. And here's the thing. Let there be reset in everybody's life. We'll start right there, okay? Okay, now, we're going to reset. So I want to start with Isaiah 61 because this is the place that everything I'm about to share with you in the let there be's, I'm going to give you seven of them this morning, they all require the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God to be activated in your life. Now, some of you are sitting out there and saying, but you know, I don't have much anointing. Everybody has been given an, an anointing from the Holy One. But here's the deal. Anointing of God requires a plan. You got me? The anointing of God requires a plan. This is our plan. Go to Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God. Say, the Spirit of the Lord God. The Master is upon me because He has anointed me. Say me. And this is what he's anointing me to do, to preach. Say preach. Preach, girl, preach. Preach, boy, preach. Okay, the good news to the poor, heal. Say heal. Heal the broken heart. Announce freedom to all the captives and the prisoners and the pardon them. So bring deliverance to them. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of who mourn in Zion, to give them banquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praise heart, praising a heart instead of a languid spirit. Teach them how to get into the presence of God through worship and praise. So this is our, this is going to be our plan for 2016. Are y'all with me? Okay. So the anointing requires a plan and it is, you have an assignment and you must understand your assignment. This is it what I've just read you. Now, specifically, you will break that down. But here's the deal. We're going to start with something today that on these let there be. Very practical, but number one, this is what? There is definitely a heightened sense of awareness that's been released among the people of God, and especially this month because it has been a season of prayer. So the first declaration we're making in this house today is let there be prayer. Let there be prayer. Say, let there be prayer. Now, 
prayer is the highest form of faith that you can have. Why? Because it's bringing God into every situation and expecting him to change it from the natural to the supernatural so that he gets all of the glory. That is prayer. It's total dependence upon God. And if we don't pray, we don't get anything. Prayer produces power. Much prayer is much power. A little prayer is little power. No prayer is no power. So God, this is a season that God is calling us to let there be prayer, not just in the sanctuary, although he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so we are to do it collectively. But, oh, you've got to be a prayerful person, the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman of God avails a whole, whole lot. It's an awesome thing that happens. And here's, the, here's what I want to say to you just in a practical way today. You have a voice. Don't use it to condemn, to pull down, to be negative. Use it to pray. Use your voice because when you pray, the bright is bridegroom is waiting for the voice of the bride to come into agreement so that we can bind on earth what is already bound in heaven. But it takes a voice to release it. It takes a voice. Nothing happens. Nothing happens without prayer. There has to be that communication with God. Elijah prayed and he got prayer. You know, he got rain. Then Elijah prayed again and the rain stopped. Throughout the word, anything that was done it was done through prayer. Hannah prayed and a child was born. If you want spiritual things to be born, you got to pray. You've got to pray. And, and you just, throughout scripture, Jesus himself prayed. If he is our example, then we've got to pray. I want to stir a heart. We need intercessors in the body of Christ right now. We need people that know how to communicate with the Father. We need people that don't know how to just talk. We need people that know how to hear in their prayer time because prayer really is a communication with God. It isn't just petitioning him, telling him all your pitiful problems. It's also listening to the voice of the Spirit. It's like on the telephone. If somebody talks to you and never shuts up, you want to hang up. Yeah, you want to, for a few minutes, you want to respond back. It's a communication. Let there be prayer in the church. I know that we've got wonderful things going on, incredible, exciting things going on. And the truth is, in the modern church, prayer has somewhat been set aside. But I'm calling it back. This has to be a house of prayer and a people of prayer. Let there be prayer. Say, let there be prayer. Now, the word of the Lord says that we are to pray without ceasing. How in the world, Renee Clark, are you going to do that? Now, I just cannot pray 24-7. Oh, yes, you can. There's a thing called a praying spirit that when you don't even know how to pray, your spirit. That's why I'm such a proponent of the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives and the baptism of the Holy Spirit being that, that incredible tool that is our language that, hey, we can hear the conversations of heaven. And when we don't even know how to pray, the Spirit of the Lord is praying through us continually. I can't tell you how many times 
times I have awakened in the middle of the night or awakened pastor, my spirit is praying. Even when I'm asleep, your spirit is alive. It's not asleep. And if you've taught it how to pray, you can be sensitive to the spirit. Quick story. A girl, Rachel Young, in our Sugarland Church, I hadn't, um, I, I probably hadn't talked to her in three months or so. But on a, on a Friday afternoon, I had this video of her in my spirit, and I just had this unction to pray. I'm going down the highway. I'm te- I'm, no, I'm not texting. I don't do that. I'm voice texting. I don't, we, we made a commitment. We wouldn't do that in the car, and you should too. Sign a, sign a deal that says you're not going to do it. Anyway, we, I'm, I'm going down the highway, and all of a sudden, I have this overwhelming urge to pray for Rachel. So I said a prayer and believed God and covered her. And, but the next morning and the next day, it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And that same Saturday I'm talking to you, was talking to you about a while ago where I went to the funeral, then went to Stafford, I mean, went to the fountains and had that word from the Lord. That same day on the way back for the funeral, I have an overwhelming urge So when I took my brother and sister-in-law out to eat after the funeral, I stayed in the car and just prayed over her, prayed over because my spirit was praying even when I'm eating and talking. Are y'all with me? It's not way way out there. This is just biblical stuff. So I'm praying. And you know, uh, the next morning before church in the green room, I I, I remembered that heaviness and that unbelievable thing about Rachel. So I just texted her real quick. And as I'm walking into church, she texts back and said, Oh, my Lord, Pastor Renee, when you were praying yesterday, you said at this particular time, she said, I had an accident that I should be dead and not alive at this moment. I was on Interstate 10 in Houston at Washington Boulevard, and I hit a car going 60 miles an hour. And my car is told both of them are totally, completely destroyed, and I only have a couple bruises on my body. I just know, and okay, so that was one time, and I can't tell you the times I have not responded. Do not. I want to teach you this morning, please. I I want to encourage you to don't second guess the Holy Spirit inside of you. He knows. He's the discerner of things. Don't second guess it. Let there be the, let there be prayer continually. If you're not literally on your knees, at least let's pray and let our spirit pray. Train your spirit man to pray. Say, let there be prayer. Number two, let there be revision, revision. And here's why I say revision, because some of you have lost your vision. Some of us have got to be recalibrated and reset today. Your vision has got to be restored. You are anointed for vision. You are anointed for vision. And the word of the Lord is in 2016, your vision will be activated. And grace is coming upon your life for new vision. The word of the Lord says that without vision, people perish. Without it, we perish. So those that are just kind of existing through life, this is a season. Let your spirit man rise up. Dream again. Dream again. See again. Look again. That the, This is a season of reset today where God is going to cause that revisioning for a new season and he's going to anoint your vision. I, I could go through scripture of all the people that God gave them vision and they didn't 
didn't see it for years. Abraham, if you remember what happened to him in the mirage of a desert, 25-year ministry, he had to wait, but God did what he said he would do. And the vision from the Lord moves us into a greater purpose. Without that, you have nothing to live for and hope to move your life forward. I love Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. In the Message Bible, it says, And then God answered Habakkuk because he was mad. He didn't want to do what God said. And this is what he said. Write what you see. Because vision is seeing, ladies and gentlemen. And so God wants to cause your eyes to be opened up again and you to be able to see again. Let there be re-envisioning. And he said, write it out big in big block letters. However you got to get it, put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your sign in the car. Put it on your iPad when you push it. Put it on your phone, but get it out there. Look, if a vision is from God, it's worth you writing it down. It's worth you putting it on tablets. It's worth you putting it in a place that you can still remind yourself. In the New King James, it says, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. Here's the deal. It didn't say at the end God will speak. It says at the end it will speak. So you keep running with the vision God gives you. We did this for years in Triumph Church, and, and you may have heard me tell it. When we were building, God said build a diverse, multiracial church. It wasn't happening. No, nothing had ever happened like that. And God gave us strategy and vision, and we wrote it down. And for years, we were mocked and said that will never happen in the Ku Klux Klan headquarters of the state of Texas. You will not have a multiracial church. It won't happen. However, to this day now, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to say God said because God doesn't have to say it anymore. Write it down so, and it may tarry. It may wait. But at this right time, it says, it will speak. So now the vision speaks for itself all over Southeast Texas, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Angleton, Jasper, the most diverse, the most racial place in the United States. Now the vision is speaking for itself because you have vision, you run with it, you write it, and you wait. And you don't just wait and whine about it. No, that wait is a purposeful thing. You are sitting, you are in, in action. It's waiting where you are looking and you are aggressively ready to pounce when it's time. You are activating that thing. So activate your vision and it will speak. Say revision. Let there be revision. I want to speak over you to get it back. Get your vision back today. Revision yourself. Let the Holy Spirit begin to activate the vision of God. If you don't have one, pray for a new vision. Pray for an envisioning of the Holy Spirit to give you purpose. Let there be. No, you got to do it better than that. Let there be revision in Jesus' name. Okay, number three, let there be healing. I know this seems so, uh, maybe almost juvenile, like, oh, we know, we believe in healing. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure we do. I believe that there has to be healers and there has to be healing activated. And by healers, we know the source. Just like the doctor's not the source. Jesus is the source, but he uses him. You are a conduit as well. You are a doctor. That You have the, the answers inside of us. We are the light. Arise, shine, for the light has come. And Isaiah 61, your purpose, our anointing is to heal. That's your anointing, not just Pastor Ryan's. Not just Benny Hens for God's sake. Because Benny can't touch the people you touch. God has given us a season to reset healing in this house. This house believes in healing. This ministry believes in healing. This ministry believes in healing. There is healing inside of you. It's up to you to reach out and heal. Not just heal the physical, although that has to happen and will and is, but heal the brokenhearted. Heal, look, there's mental illness. There's, it's going rampant in our world. There is emotional pain everywhere. And you are the conduit. That is your anointing. Activate your anointing and reset the activation today and reset and let there be healing in this house. I love the word of God where it says these signs will follow those who believe, not just preachers, not just healing evangelists, not just doctors, but these signs will follow those that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. We want healing at triumph. We want healing at triumph. We want Jesus to come. We want Jesus to heal the oppressed. We want Jesus to heal all of their diseases, all who are oppressed of the enemy. Let it be, Father. Let there be healing. It's time to be healed, and it's time to heal. It's time to be healed, and it's time to heal. So we're calling for everybody that has been anointed as a believer to rise up and let there be healing in the house. Number four, let there be deliverance. I know, I know, I know that's that, oh my gosh, she's going to talk about that flaky stuff. Now here we go, you know, those laying on hands and demons and all that kind of stuff. Look. I know we don't like to talk about it at church, but bless God, it's on about every other movie in the movie theaters. The paranormal, the de demons, the unbelievable things that are happening outside the natural world. The supernatural has captured the attention of the world, not just America. And we have the blueprint. We know their secrets. We know their strategy. We know it. But we have the anointing to set people free from the anointing of the Holy One. He said, look, oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to set at liberty those who are bound. You are a deliverer, not just Moses. You are a deliverer. Today we're hitting the reset button. And this house is a house of deliverance. If oppression has overcome you, the Holy Spirit can set you free today. If you have been bound by generational curses for years, the Holy Spirit can set you free. This is your season. This is our day, triumph. This is our season. This is our time. Let there be
be deliverance in the house. I want to tell you one quick story. Dr. Lester Summerall, who came to our church in Nederland many years ago, he's probably one of the greatest men of God that had insight on demonic activity. He lived in the Philippines for many years. And he told us a story setting up in our little house in our apartment upstairs at that table. And he, we always had men and women of God. Just a quick lesson to you. Don't ever think what you have is too little. Use it. We lived in a garage apartment for 17 years. It was a nice garage apartment, but it was little. Our, our table was upstairs, and, and our little kitchen was upstairs, and our little living room was up there, and we brought every man of God that you can imagine, from Lester Shumrall, Rod Parsley, to uh, down the line. They all were in that little place because we weren't embarrassed. That's where we had. That's where God had us, and God moved us to greater places because we utilized what we did have. Utilize what you do have. So we're sitting up there, and he tells us his story before he laid hands on our kids. And I, I went back and got it because I didn't want to miss tell you what it was. He said, I was staying in a village deep in the Philippine jungle after casting out devils out of a young girl. And as I lay on my bed that evening, the bed suddenly began to shake and danced to the middle of the room. And he said... And, and, and I wrote down, Dr. Sumrall recounted, I recognized immediately it was the devil. So I jumped up and I said, I rebuke you, Satan. And the bed stopped shaking. And that's what a lot of us do. We stop right there, but not Dr. Sumrall. Then Dr. Sumrall did something we all can learn from. And, and this is years ago, I wrote these notes and I went back and got them. He commanded the devil. He said, now put it back. Now put it back. Now most of us would have just stopped with ordering him to get out and leave us alone. But no, no, no. He's in the middle of the room and he said he got back in bed and realized he's still in the middle of the room. So he called him back in and said, get back in here and put it back. The bed began to shake and went all over and settled against the wall. Absolute fact. I didn't make it up. Now, that's better than any movie you could ever watch. I'm telling you. Right there. And the bed shook. And he said, put it back. And I want to help you draw a line today in the sand. It's not just enough. Somehow the devil has interrupted our activity. And he's crossed the line. And we got to get him back on the right side of the line. We're going to make him put things back in order in our lives. Not just enough to rebuke him and tell him to leave. No, you get back in here and I want everything you messed up back, buddy. I want it restored and in back in order in the right place. It's time for deliverance. It's time for the people of God. Let's today make a decision that there will be deliverance. Say there will be deliverance. Moving on, there will be let there be honor and unity. Now, I know Pastor Ryan preached on unity last week. I was going to speak on that today, but the Lord wanted me to, to release this word to you. And, uh, and I want to do that. However, excuse me. I don't know. I don't know any one thing. I don't know any one thing that I could tell you that we need more in our nation, in the world, 
in our churches, in the body of Christ, in our families, in our marriages, then we need unity. There's nothing I could preach on. There's nothing more important because the Word tells us, and we see in Scripture, how when they're building the, the Tower of Babel, He said anything can be done. Everything. There's nothing that will stop them if they're in unity. Nothing. We have, and there is this scripture in Psalms that is unbelievable. One of my favorite scripture of all times, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like what? The precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For it is there and there alone the Lord commanded the blessing. Do you want the blessing, not just a blessing, the blessing of God to come upon you? Then you got to get in unity. You got to get in unity. And I'm going to come back and speak on a revelation God has changed my life with concerning that. But right now, I just want you to get this into your spirit because it's time for us to come together. Put our petty things aside. I mean, man, just look at the, the headlines, the GOP. We can't even agree on anything. This world can't agree on nothing. And the bottom line is, personally, you can't even agree on anything in your life either. Just saying. Because there is a divisive spirit that has come among the, this nation, a culture. But there is this thing called honor that will bring it back. There is this culture of honor that we want to live by. Do you know that there is power in diversity without division? Just want to say that and throw that out there. But where there is honor, there's unity. So I say, let there be unity. He says it's like the oil that runs down. The oil has five ingredients in it. It's a diversity, but it comes together to make a powerful anointing healing oil. That's the way we are. We're many multifaceted people, but when we're doing the will of God, you put your differences aside for the common good, for us coming together as a people of God. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that you have the anointing of God to help see people set free? Let's come together. There is unity. The oil in the alabaster box, oil came down on Jesus' feet, and a woman who was honoring Jesus by the way, a woman who was honoring Jesus and the disciples mocked her and said it was a waste. There's always an excuse not to be honorable. I, I have to say this. This is part of the word that has to get into our churches this year. I don't. This is what the, the flesh says. I don't have to honor my husband. I don't have to honor my wife. I don't have to honor my pastor. She, you know, I don't have to do that. I don't have to give them any honor. You know, I'll go to church, but I don't have to honor them. It's an independence. It's an absolute struggle. Never tapping into this anointing oil. Did you know that anointing oil produced a perfume? It was something that had an aroma to it. And everywhere we go as the people of God, we create an aroma. We create an atmosphere around us, not the Jesus pin on us. 
Not the, not the t-shirt on the back that says you need Jesus. No, there's something inside of us. When you have the aroma perfume, anointing, you have something bigger and greater that exceeds who you are. If you find your anointing, you'll find your favor. You find your grace place. And the anointing in your life that is upon you should cause an aroma. And here's the deal about the anointing of God. I just want to say this. You know, it, it gives you this ability to just let things slide off. You know where you want to be offended because I'm getting there. When you want to be offended, the anointing that you're releasing just cause to let it slide. Say, let it slide. Tell your neighbor, just let it slide. Tell them again, they didn't get it. Say, let it slide. So here's the deal. It makes the yoke easy and the burden light. The anointing oil of unity has been mixed together and unified. It stops the fighting. It stops the division. And we come under his yoke. Get under the yoke and the vision of the house. Pour the oil and the wine. Where is the honor due? Pour it on people. Find who deserves honor and give it to them. Honor begins where offense ends. Write it down. I, I, I don't know how I got that, and I'm sure somebody else has said it before, but when I'm typing, it just typed out in the spirit. Honor begins where offense ends, where two or three agree. Get over it. Say, I'm sorry. God says, stop the division. Stop the nonsense. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be reconciled? Do you want to be unified? You need to go back and find the last person you offended or offended you. And I want you to live by a code of honor and honor them and watch God begin to move in your life. The blessing has stopped because of lack of unity. And you don't have unity because there's no honor. There's no honor given. And I declare over this house that marriages are going to receive oil. Marriages are a covenant with God. Honor is coming back into marriages. Pour some oil on some wounds and let's see the commanded blessing of God begin to drip down your family's life as you receive Ah. Oh, does anybody get this? This is where we are. Do you receive it? Let there be unity and let there be honor. This will be a house of honor. Number six, let there be praise and worship. I know we talk about it. I know everybody can get excited about praise and worship, but there's a lot of difference in performance and musicianship and real praise and worship unto God. I want this generation, every person here that is under the age of 26 years old, would you raise your hand for me? Look at that. Awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dana. 56. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, 36. Anyway, moving right along. Just saying, this is a generation that loves, that is drawn to a culture that is going to get involved in music in some way. And they are going to express themselves in extreme ways. But even in church services, I love the fact that they're coming in. But I want them also to experience Jesus, not just do calisthenics. I want them to experience Jesus because praise and worship has got to be restored again. Real, genuine praise and worship in the house of God. So I, I love 
an anointing that reminds the devil. I love praise and worship because when you're really in that place of worship unto God, it reminds the devil of his future. It reminds the devil of what he did, his past, and his future, and there is no out for him. But there's hope for us. Praise and worship is an awesome thing. It will cause demons to leave. You know, I know that we only praise what we value. That's the bottom line. So whatever you value, you will praise it. Now, here's the other part of that principle, that we only when if you praise something, praise doesn't even have leg, uh, uh, legs or it cannot be valuable unless it's spoken, unless it's released, unless it's given away in some way. You can think something's great all day long inside your head, but if you don't give it away, it isn't going to bring any result. And so those of you that are loving Jesus with our whole heart, it's time to praise him. It's time to worship him. And I know you did it. And you did a great job this morning. I just want to see us unified and go to an elevated place in worship and praise unto God. I know that the culture would say, yeah, but you know, that's a little much for a church. We don't want all that. Well, I will tell you this. My family, all of my family, they are sports fanatics. Just gonna, I just want to say my entire family. And, they, and the world says that it's not culturally acceptable in this culture to be expressive in church, but I say in Mississippi language, baloney, because I am watching the expressions of people that don't have personalities to do it. My son jumping up on tables in the middle of the room, jumping and screaming and hollering and doing all kind of crazy things for a pigskin that never did anything for him. It didn't die for him. It didn't shed one drop of blood for him. It didn't give him one single bit of deliverance. It didn't heal him in any way. But that pigskin, that pigskin, oh, wow, we are giving it glory and honor. <laughs> and I am totally great with that. I just say, to the degree you do that, at least do that degree to Jesus because he really did die for you. He really did shed some blood for you. He really did. Uh, he was nailed to a cross. So I just say, let there be worship. Let there be worship. Let there be worship in the house. Worship. Let there be passion. I believe with all my heart that God is calling us up to a higher level. So these are some of the things I say. Let praise, let's praise him in the fire. Praise him for the blood. If you don't know what to praise him for, here's a few things. Praise him for his goodness and mercy that follows you all the days of your life. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him because his mercy mercy endures forever. Praise him for he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother even. I will praise him for he never sleeps or slumbers. He's always on the line. I praise him because he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. There's just so much to praise him for. I don't have enough hours in a day. So I just say to Triumph Angleton, let there be praise and worship. And I believe 
believe with all of my heart that God is releasing and hitting the reset button today. I can't wait to see people joining in this altar and young people down here worshiping and praising God in a service because they're showing their value. They're showing their love. They're showing whom they value. This is our season and our day. Now, I will end with this one. Let there be prophecy. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not talking about the goofy stuff that goes around telling people secrets and calling it prophecy. <laughs> or reading a headline and going and tell it after the fact. Uh-uh. And I'm not talking about that kind, really genuine prophecy is nothing more than encouragement. It is It is speaking and declaring the word of God. Yes, there is a prophetic arena that can foretell and foresee things in the future. But for the people of God as a whole, the big picture is it's time for us to declare the word of God that has been spoken over us. The rhema word of God. Walk up to somebody and say, baby, I I tell you, there's just something about you. You know, and I just want to tell you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You don't know how much they needed that. You don't know how much hope can come right back into them. I can tell you, we can talk about weapons of mass destruction all day long, but we have the weapons of mass destruction available to us to destroy the works of the enemy. And Paul, in his winter years of ministry, he went to Timothy, and in Timothy he said, Look, you got to know about this weapon. He said, Fight this fight. You're going to be in a battle, but fight with the words and the prophecies that have been spoken. Speak them and declare them and you will win. You will win. You will win. So find every word that God's spoken to your spirit, every rhema word that you've sensed in the word of God, every word spoken over this house, and I'm going to end with that today. But this is our time to declare and believe the prophetic word of the Lord, and I believe it's time for prophecy. So I say let's war. Let there be prophecy. This isn't just any church here in Angleton. This is not just any church. I love all the people that that are in every church. But I just have to say this. Look, there are people that are here now. You hung on. Oh, my goodness, you have waited and you have done well. There are people that God's going to send and going to come and join this body. There are those that have gone and we bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We want nothing but goodness and greatness. But for some, I can tell you that they are going to miss out on some good things that God is just now bringing together in this house. Oh, my goodness. I, when God began to speak and said there was a church in the area that he was going to give us, and we're thinking, Lord Jesus, help, we just got to Sugarland. I mean, this didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by happenstance. This was already in the foreplan of God years ago. Thank God for obedient people that joined together to make it happen, and I give God all the glory for that. But this just isn't any church. God has a will for triumph Angleton. God has a will for this church and fight the devil with the will of God. 
Fight the devil with the will of God. Fight the devil with the prophetic word that's been spoken over this house. The will of God. You tell me God doesn't know what he's doing. I want to tell you God knows exactly what he's doing. There's been so many prophetic words spoken over this house and you didn't even know it. But I'm about to share that word and end up right here today with you because I want you to know that God is still speaking. And here's the thing. When God speaks a word, it better line up with his written word. Just saying. Okay? So really prophetic is an unction of the Holy Spirit. But it's just taking the written word and applying it in your life. And then God does give us levels of insight and understanding. So on that particular day, when I went over to the fountains, this is a little bit of what, this is what the word of the Lord was saying to me about our churches in general, our triumph churches. Now, this is for the body, I'm sure, because we've, we've taken it to Bishop Tudor. We showed, we've shown it to different people, and they said, that's what God's speaking to us. Well, glory to God, but he spoke to us first, so I'm just saying. Anyway, no, I don't know about that, but but. Here's the deal. In 2014, Bishop Tudor Bismarck came to Triumph Church Sugarland in a prayer conference. We're walking out of the green room one afternoon for the afternoon session. And just real nonchalantly, he walks up, puts his hand on my back and says, well, Sister Renee, he calls me Sister Renee, he's old school. So anyway, he says, uh, you know, 2016 is going to be the year for Triumph Church. It is going to be explosive. God's going to bring pieces together. It's going to be the year. And I couldn't even accept the prophetic and, and just the encouragement because the whole time this anger a little bit was rising up in me like, what about 2015? We're not even there yet. This is 2014. We're not even to the end of it. And you're going to tell me 2016, I got to wait that long? But boy, did God know what he was doing. He put things in place. He brought things together the end of 14 and into 15 that has brought us to this place in 2016 for this house. That is amazing. That is unbelievable. God has set y'all up for such a time as this. And the Lord said to me that day, we have been building and equipping. You have been building and equipping, but this will be a year to activate. God said, I'm bringing all the parts and pieces of Aligning and reassigning. It shall be a year of effectiveness and transformation. God said, this is a busy year for triumph, but not a year of busyness. A year of unity and agreement. A year of fulfillment of promises of God over the ministry. Also a year of fulfillment of the saints and their anointings and their giftings. Expect to receive renewed passion. Where the wells seem dry, God says, dig again. The water is about to spring forth. The water is about to come up. It shall be a year of restoration. I will restore to you the time, the years that the canker worms have eaten. God is going to restore time, and it will be newness and freshness as a brand new baby born. A new church, the zeal and the excitement will be restored as a brand new baby church. The Lord says this will be a 
year of rebranding. We did that last week. We're continuing to do that. And God says, I want to challenge you. And this is what he said to me. I am challenging you, Triumph, to open your hearts, to hear from the Lord with fresh revelation. You got to get epiphanies. You got to hear it differently. You've heard it over and over and over, but nothing changed. God wants you to hear it and understand what he's saying. Open your spirit to be renewed with new passions and rebrand, rebrand, rebrand. Do not think with old mindsets the things you have thought about people and the things you have thought about situations and the compartments and the categories that you have put people in, take them out right now. You are being charged by the Spirit right now to look at people with brand new eyes. Don't allow yourself to say, but God, you know what? There is no exception, the Lord said. Think and believe brand new. To the degree of newness you think about others is the degree of newness I will birth in you. And, and so, no more of the old. Don't do it. Don't go back there again. I am renewing and restoring and calling you up and elevating your thinking. Resist the temptation to think on old levels. Keep each other accountable. Resist the devil and he will flee. I am about to hit the reset button. The Lord says just as there will be a rebranding of outward things, there is a rebranding in the spirit. No. Do not say, but they've already branded us this way. I will be taking care of the spiritual rebranding and the unseen elements that the enemy has thrust upon you will be demolished. You will be seen as though you have never been seen. It's like a discovery, says the Lord. I will unblind the eyes of many to see you for the very first time. Nothing is lost. My timing is now. I have been waiting for this realignment and reassignment. The peace are coming together. Look up and receive, enjoy, and embrace the new grace for the new faith. Stand up on your feet. Woo! Yay, Jesus! I need to... Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Lord, I have given what you gave to me, and I am asking you to establish it in the heavenlies, and as we declare it in just a moment in this house, Lord, your word says that if we will decree and declare a thing, it will be established. And so there is an establishment coming in the name of the Lord. And I declare, Lord Jesus, that you will cause a renewal, a rebranding, a reboot, a resetting of every mindset, of every person, of every vision in this house. In the name of Jesus, we will believe and declare. Lord, as we do it in the naturally, there is a, it is an alignment of what you've already done in the Spirit. And our agreement is going to cause the activation to take place. And as we declare it with our mouths, we will begin to see it happen right before our very eyes. We thank you for it in advance in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back over those seven things. In just a moment, we're going to hit the reset button, okay? So, at the end, we're going to make some declarations after we get through with these. So, first of all, let there be, and when we get to reset, I want you to do this. I mean, I wish you had a button, but in the spirit, you got to know that God is using natural things to absolutely release spiritual things, okay? Okay, so we're going to hit the reset button. 
Let there be reset. Yes. 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 Number one, let there be prayer. Let there be revision. Let there be, y'all say that with me too, healing. Now let's say it together. Let there be healing. Okay, we'll go that one twice. Let there be deliverance. Let there be honor and unity. Let there be praise and worship. Let there be prophecy. Put the declaration up on the wall. This is kind of concisely, I've put some things together. That 2016, did I give you that at the end? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, this is what it is. It's at the end of my notes. I know you probably can't get it up there. But this is what we're going to say together. God has hit the reset button, and this will be a year of. And I will call out what God has said collectively for us. So, 2016, God has hit the reset button, and this will be a year of purposeful alignments and detailed assignments. Okay? Now... God has hit the reset button, and this will be a year of purposeful alignments and detailed assignments. God said that He's hit the reset button, and this will be a year of missing pieces assembly. Are you with me? Okay. God has hit the reset button. This will be a year of missing pieces assembled. God says this will be a year of divine connectors and connections. So God said this will be a year of divine connectors and connections. This is also, I didn't get to this part, but God said this is a year of follow-through and finishing projects. That's what he said. Already since this happened, God has done amazing things in Sugarland since I spoke this word two weeks ago. Finishing things that we, we just couldn't make happen for, for five years in that building. All of a sudden, God's opening the way. You tell me it doesn't work. When God speaks something, we come into agreement and decree and declare it. So this is a year of follow through and finishing projects, okay? God said he hit the reset button and this is a year of follow through and finishing projects. God said this is a year that small details equal big difference. God said he hit the reset button and this is a year that small details will equal big difference in Jesus' name. Last, God said it's a year of activation and effectiveness. God's hit the reset button and said this is a year of activation and effectiveness. He said it's a year of renewed passion and rebranding. Okay, so here we go. God hit the reset button, and this is a year of renewed passion and rebranded. How many new t-shirts we got? I was going to wear mine. I love it. I love it. I should have worn mine. I missed the will of God. Okay. And then he said 2016 will be a year of elevated thinking. I didn't say that you're going to be floating on clouds. And God didn't say that. 
He said, you're just going to have to go up some notches. He's going to elevate your thinking. You're not going to think on old levels anymore. So we decree and declare over this house, God has hit a reset button. 2016 will be a year of elevated thinking. And then he just said, think and believe brand new. And this is kind of our motto that God spoke to us. New grace for a new face. So God has hit the reset button, and this is a year of new grace for a new face. Give God some glory in the house. Thank you, Jesus. I know that pastor will come, and I know that this doesn't necessarily land for a major altar call today, and that's not usually the way I do, but I'm sure we'll have prayer partners. But next time, I'll bring you a revelatory word, but this was the word of the Lord for me today. I love you. God bless you.